Alex. Yes, Addison? Do you like things that are strange, unusual, weird, and wonderful? Uh, it's... Yeah, that's been said about me. Well, how about, uh, the South's answer to Miskatonic University? Does that sound appealing to you? I'm here and there on the South, but you've got me. You've got me. <laughs> I've got Reel you. Reel me in. Reel me in. I'm hooked. Let me tell you about a podcast. It's called The Alexandria Archives. They're mm-hmm. a friend of the show and an excellent uh, podcast that is about a fictional radio show set at the fictional Alexandria University. And it covers all things weird and wonderful and supernatural and strange. And it's just a good old time. Alexandria Archives. Why does that sound so familiar? Well, it's because they're our sponsor. And also, we've both appeared on that show. That would probably do it. (laughs) Yes. Alexandria Archives is a really fun, super enjoyable little podcast that takes the format of a radio show on a university campus. And so you'll have fun like narrations and stories. You'll have recurring characters that go on zany adventures and all of it with sort of a paranormal twist to it. That's a lot of fun. It's like think Welcome to Night Vale meets Radio Free Roscoe. That's exactly it. It's great fun. You can find them on iTunes under the Alexandria Archives. You can find them on Twitter at WHAU Signal. And you can find them on their website at alexandriaarchives.com. So that's Alex, like your name. Like mine, yes. Andrea, A-N-D-R-I-A, and then archives, A-R-C-H-I-V-E-S dot com. Dot C-O-M. Dot C-O-M. Yeah, yeah, Wendigos. At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And this was one of many introductions where Addison spent the first 10 seconds fully like squeaking, trying not to laugh. So um, welcome. Welcome, welcome. And the party never stops. The party never, ever stops. For a solid 10 minutes before this microphone went on, we were yep. just speaking in various weird, silly dialects. So we're on island time today. And why are we, we on island are, time today? We are so on island time. The reason we are on island time is because I've spent the majority of the day listening to the Escape to Margaritaville cast recording. Um, but the reason we're staying in island time is because immediately after the conclusion of this recording session, we're going to go make some pina coladas and break out the guitar. To celebrate. Sit on the deck. To celebrate. Drum roll. Like a steel drum roll, maybe? Steel drum. Can you do a steel drum roll? No, because I don't have a steel drum. No, I meant on a steel drum, can you do a roll? Oh, yeah, you absolutely can. That's one of many steel drum techniques. But anyway, uh, welcome to... What is our first episode of year two of The Cryptid Keeper? Mm-hmm. We just turned a year old, and that's really, really exciting. We literally would not be here without the support from every single one of our listeners. So whether you just tuned in or joined us a few weeks ago or whether you've been there from drop date one, thank you so much. Really, I 
don't think either of us dreamed of this happening when we started out. Absolutely not. And we're just so excited to be here. It's amazing. It's honestly the coolest feeling ever to kind of to know that we've sort of grown this community, this little family of people that have just this whimsy and this excitement about the strange things in the world in common. And it's it's just it's been really surprising and beautiful. Yeah. So. And, you know, it's really easy to sound cliche or sound surface level when you're talking about this sort of thing and saying like, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. But like, honestly, we literally could stay exactly where we are, never gain another fan and just keep doing this and having so much fun with it. And still, it would be the journey of a lifetime because we're just so glad for everybody that we have along the way. And it's been an amazing time to meet so many people vicariously through this podcast, to be welcomed so warmly into the podcasting community as a whole, to have had so many phenomenal guest stars and to get to talk about so many cool things and learn so much. I feel bad because (laughs) you've said it better than I really ever could, I think, but I wholeheartedly agree. And also, same. Oh, there you go. That's that's all that needs to be said. That's all that needs to be said, really. Now, so you are the keeper of this week's cryptid. Yes, which is hilarious because I was also the keeper on the very first episode. Brings it full circle. Well, now we have a trend that we can never, ever break. So Mm -hmm. if we get to this time a year from now and it's my turn, you're just going to have to suck one up and take it for the team and do some extra research because this is your job now forever. You're right. You're absolutely right. And um, I was thinking, I was originally, I'll tell them what the journey that I went through that I was telling you about earlier. I uh, originally, because Virginia has been the home of the Cryptic Keeper podcast for the last year, I was going to do a Virginia native cryptid. And while I was researching, the number one Virginia cryptid that keeps coming up when you when you, when you you research it is the bunny man. And I thought, oh, that sounds fun. So I did a little research. It's Alex is shaking her head because it's not fun. It's Reader, not fun. he's not fun. Reader, he is not fun. This is, um, it's not a bunny that is also a man or a man that is also a bunny. It's just a story about a serial killer that dresses up like a rabbit. It's not fun. There's not a lot of whimsy there. No. I mean, like, there's some, but it's not great and it's like there's not like a lot of jokes it no. would have been like the public hard monster. to riff on that guy yeah, it would have been public monster part two but worse so uh just kind of decided to put a little no onto that one but uh i did instead kind of i was thinking about in the spirit of the first episode um little lengthier intro that i normally give this but uh, whatever we've been doing this for a year i'm gonna kind of <laughs> i think that the people moment. will will suffer you to go on for an additional 30 seconds so, thank yeah. you i will sort of your countdown starts now. Relish the moment. 30. Please don't do this to me. 29. Alex. <laughs> anyway. Um, but the first episode was on uh, Skinwalkers, Fleshgates, and, and Goatmen, kind of uh, a ca- the catch-all of the mm-hmm. sort of stories involving things that shapeshift and look like people and are very scary. And I, sp- wow. picked, I picked, wow, and I picked that as the topic of the first episode because I wanted to talk about something that scares the crap out of me. So I decided to go back to that thread. Okay. So things that scared the crap out of me. Because as someone, it, this is going to actually sound silly because I do actually have a lot of fears we talk about on this show. But in general, overall, as someone who works in horror most of the time, like quintessentially like scary monster things don't really scare me much anymore. I am afraid of spiders. I am afraid of coconut crabs and a lot of like very real things. But supernatural Things don't actually really scare me anymore. It's with the exception of the 20-minute discussion we had on the way over here to your house about zombies. With the exception of zombies. But, like, I mean a lot of classic horror. But, fodder. like, anything else. But, like, Slenderman stuff like that, yeah, even totally. when I was younger. Or, like, any creepypastas, no sleep, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Nothing of that really affects me anymore. So I decided to kind of dig deep to something that I find very creepy. And we've actually had some requests to talk about. So I hope this is exciting for some people rather than frightening. And I would like to do an episode today 
on Shadow People. Ooh, I'm very excited for this. Yeah? Okay, well then. So actually, can I tell you yes. the very first time I ever heard of Shadow People? Yes. Was, uh, I must have been about like 14 or 15. I was in high school, but only mm-hmm. just. And uh, my mom, from whom I inherited my chronic insomnia, was up early or late or however you like to look at it, as she usually is, and had recently gotten into the habit of listening to uh, Coast to Coast. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Alex, and there was an episode have... on Shadow People. <sighs> I have it in my notes. I was going to talk about Coast to Coast, Oh, actually. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Well, you should still talk about Coast to Coast because it's amazing. Actually, since you bring but it up. But my mom, basically, like, I, I had woken up and was like, it was a weekend or something, and I was like, you know, doing whatever I was doing. My mom was like, do you know about Shadow People? <laughs> I was like, excuse me, What? Uh, so that was my. That's all I know about Shadow People is that my mom heard about them on Coast to Coast, and we talked a little bit about it. All right. I did research a little bit about Shadow People just for the purpose of writing an '80s style power ballad about them a few weeks ago. But that's was it, it for your Stranger Things musical? No, actually, it was for one of my coffee commissions. Okay, somebody requested a ballad about Shadow People, and so I, I wrote, understand. So I wrote an '80s love ballad because I figured that was fun. That sounds great. So uh, actually, I was going to save this little nugget for later, but I actually will just sprinkle this in at the beginning because it's short and because you just mentioned uh, the Coast to Coast AM late night radio talk show uh so actually from the wikipedia page on shadow people thank god comes this little nugget um which is that the coast to coast am radio late night radio talk show helped to popularize modern beliefs in shadow people the first time the topic of shadow people was discussed at length on the show was excuse me april 12th 2001 when host art bell interviewed native american elder thunder strikes who is also known as Harley Swift Deer Reagan. That's an amazing name. Both of those names are badass. This guy is amazing. But anyway, during the show, listeners were encouraged to submit drawings of shadow people they had seen, and a large number of these drawings were immediately shared on the website. So that was um, sort of initially. And then also Heidi Hollis, in October that year, published a book on the topic of shadow people and appeared as a regular guest on Coast to Coast talking about them as well. Nice. So they were a recurring topic on Coast to Coast in the year 2001. So Hollis describes shadow people as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that flicker in and out of peripheral vision and claims that people have reported the figures attempting to jump on their chest and choke them. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover with, like, night terrors. And sleep paralysis, which I will Mm -hmm. talk about. Um, She believes the figures to be negative, alien beings that can be repelled by various means, including invoking the name of Jesus. Now, I don't know if that is the case or not, if you would like to try it. If in a situation where you feel threatened, it's actually asking you to invoke the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ah, uh, yes, I misread it. I misread <laughs> it. I'm so sorry. Um, but actually, before I go into our old friend, our old friend of a year now, the Cryptids Wiki, I will say that the first time I ever heard of Shadow People was sort of a mixture of two things. It was I heard kind of whisperings about them on from them. Yes, no, um, sort of like uh, general kind of vagaries about Shadow People on um, the. A lot of Reddit forums, because I was on our Paranormal, our No Sleep, uh-huh. original No Sleep, like, early days of the stories on there. And Shadow People popped up a lot in, like, fictional stories on there and all sorts of things. <laughs> I hear my cat. Um, but I'll also, it came back into my into my mind when I watched a documentary a couple of years ago called The Nightmare. And The Nightmare is a documentary about sleep paralysis. Okay. And it covers different, and I should give a little bit of a, kind of um, a little caveat that the nightmare has come under fire a little bit for some people who live with sleep paralysis say it over-dramatizes 
like what the experiences are like and like make some claims that aren't necessarily universal using very extreme cases. So sleep paralysis. Find a documentary that yeah, does not. Exactly. So I just want to like go ahead and say I'm not saying all people who experience sleep paralysis have experienced things like this. But uh, The Nightmare talks about it interviews multiple people and, and sort of reenacts what the hallucinations they have had during sleep paralysis. And one of the most prevalent images is shadow people. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. Yes. And that was kind of what piqued my interest, got me reading about them in the first place. Side note, some other things people experience in sleep paralysis are like um, feeling like they are being experimented on by an alien or um, something sitting on their chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that one a lot. A lot of things that cross over with stories. The more I ta- learn about shadow people, the more I read about them, the more there's crossover between all of those elements and the idea of shadow people. Also, one more quick fact about them that's interesting. The creator of Slenderman, or the person who's credited as being the creator of Slenderman, uh, has said in interviews that Slenderman was inspired by art and stories of shadow people. Okay, interesting. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So I actually ended up for a brief period of time back on the Slenderman Connection wiki oh. reading about shadow people, uh, which I have not I had not seen since the No Bo episode. But over to our old friend. Happy anniversary, baby, to the cryptids wiki. So shadow people are reported. You didn't even get anything. Shoot. Oh, no. What's the first year anniversary? Is it like the styrofoam anniversary? What is it? Oh, I thought it was like phloam. It's the phloam <laughs> anniversary. anniversary. Uh, I'm sorry. Anniversary one is the, uh, the model magic anniversary. <laughs> oh, no. It's the gack anniversary. Oh, my God. That's funny. Anyway. Side note. I, you can tell it's really funny when you just say that's funny and you don't laugh. What? <laughs> Sorry. What were you going to say? As opposed to that, which genuinely was funny because I cracked up. Uh, no, I was just going to say this is like uh, this is not a call out because it's actually genuinely a very sweet thing. Um, and I'm I'm not mad about it, but I do think it's humorous. Just like and this is more about like high school culture in general than like any specific experiences that I had not trying to drag anybody. But my ex... Um, the, the first, like, boyfriend I had in high school straight up, like, went really, really into, like, celebrating, like, month anniversaries. And I get it. It was high school. But I just remember, like, uh, a very intense, like, mixtape CD for, like, our one month anniversary. And I was kind of like, cool? Uh? (laughs) Did I, I feel bad. I didn't know I was supposed to get you something that we'd been dating for four weeks. (laughs) Like, oh, Sorry? And there was like this whole big thing, like also with, you know, other people I dated in high school where it was like, oh, well, it's our it's our month anniversary. Should we do something? And I'm like, I don't know. That's my brother's birthday. I'm probably busy. But like, if you want to. Um, I was very bad at dating in high school, which is like it's more okay. of a call out on me than anybody else. I was and I was not very into the sentimentality. And of to it. be completely honest, I don't really know many people who were good at dating in high school. Probably not. But I was very bad at it. <laughs> That's OK. I was, too. Anyway. Uh, back to the cryptids wiki. I want to just give a little. It's it's always kind of our little source for a nice little base primer. Got to put a base coat on uh, before you apply the foundation of terror. Uh, the shadows of shadow people. The base was the foundation. Oh, you're talking about makeup. Yeah, gotcha. I was thinking like outdoor paint. <laughs> <laughs> and that, listeners. There's the duality of Cryptid Keeper host. <laughs> there are two genders. There's Lowe's Home and Garden, and there's Sephora. Are you Lowe's Home and Garden or Sephora? <laughs> anyway, uh, the appearance of shadow people. It's just basic. If you see, is it a shadow or is it a shadow person? What's the difference? Shadow people are usually larger than a normal shadow and notably don't resemble the shadow of the person sighting it. 
So it's not someone seeing their shadow and being like, oh, no, what's that? But also, it's not Peter Pan's living shadow, which is the same size as it's supposed to be. Exactly. And also resembles the individual. Exactly. They are often reported moving with quick, jerky movements and quickly disintegrate into walls or mirrors. They range from being mist-like to being completely solid like a regular human. Though, this is not true to all shadow figures. Some of them may possess eyes. The eyes vary in color and are classed as having certain traits of behavior based on the color of their eyes, which I'll go into a little bit more later, actually. There's a specific stories of involving red-eyed shadow people. Mm. But um, although this list is still being documented, it is known that white-eyed shadows are typically faster, more logical, and much more still. Wait, hold up. <laughs> it's known. I get faster. I get... Stiller. No, they're more logical. <laughs> they're, more, they're proven to be more logical. Nine yeah. out of ten shadow people prefer. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what? I saw a white-eyed shadow person, and it started engaging me in discourse about atheism. And it answered all three of my riddles. <laughs> yeah. They're very logical, all right? I think a, sh- I think a white-eyed shadow person wrote that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Anyway. Only white-eyed shadow people have thus far been able to get into the Ravenclaw common room. Behavior. They are believed to be evil and aggressive in nature, although a few people consider them to be a form of guardian angel. It's a pretty wide spectrum to ride. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a hard, like, I don't know, that's a weird duality. Mm-hmm. A shadow person's behavior uh, tends to vary, suggesting that they may be as varied as regular people, which is a nice, like, Oh, little... I like that. It may be varied, which, you know, maybe implies that they're people, Jan. <laughs> you know, shadow people. They have complex needs, Mark. I actually really like this detail. Uh, Some report that when looked at in the chest or eye area, shadow people emit a loud scream that sounds like screechy static, loud wind, or creaking wood. My eyes are up here. (laughs) You look at them in the chest and they just start yelling. Or in their eye area. Or in the eyes. They also yell. You can't win. They also sometimes don't have eyes. They're just masses, the black figures um they often cause their victims how do those rate compared on like the logic scale with the red-eyed ones and the white-eyed ones i ask the cryptids wiki it does not answer that's probably because i didn't get anything for anniversary that is probably why they often cause their victims to feel unable to move and stare at them in silence rarely ever speaking sometimes they will sit on their chests many are spotted within hospitals or otherwise near those who are dying oh so this is interesting um, did you ever? So first of all, I was a huge Owen Colfer fan. Oh, of course. Um, are all the Artemis Fowl books? I know exactly forever. where you're going. Love them. There is a book called The Supernatural. Yep, there it is. And I love that book so much because one of the cool things that it did. Uh, spoilers, I guess. If you haven't read The Supernaturalists, one, you really should. If you haven't read this uh, YA book from 2000. Yeah, then, like, one, get on it. It's actually extremely good. And oh, you should actually check excellent. it out in addition to, like, everything else Owen Colfer's the only reason The only reason my voice sounded like that when you first brought it up is that I tried to read The Supernaturalists for the first time when I was uh, in fourth grade, and uh-huh. I was so terrified. I literally hid the book That's in, fair. like, You have, a like, a whole thing about parasites, and I understand yeah. that. I literally hid it in a closet at my elementary school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, I won't even go into spoilers. I'll just say that, like, a really neat thing that the book does is this subversion of expectation where it presents these creatures throughout the entire book who are, like, this supernatural threat, like this malicious sort of entity that are frequently seen around people who are injured. Um, And it's, like, the widespread belief is that they are leeching the energy from them. Like, the life force, if you Mm -hmm. will. Like, they they prey on vulnerable people to to finish the job, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not true. (gasps) Wow. Oh, but I'm actually hopping over to MysteriousUniverse.org. We have a little entry by uh, Jason Offit. Thanks, Jason. 
O-F-F-U-T-T, Offit, I think, Offit, from March of 2012. And it kind of delves a little more deeply into the types of shadow people. Okay. Uh, as well as just kind of general, uh, a few like encounters as well. So the sort of generally understood categories of shadow people are benign shadows. Okay. So shadow people that travel briefly through a person's life. They just kind of, you see them out of the corner of your eye, but they don't do anything. They're just kind of there. So you see them out of the corner of your eye, often appearing to children. They walk, uh, this person's specific experience, Jason says, they appeared, I saw them as a child. They appeared to walk with purpose through my room, never acknowledging me and never straying from their my path, their path. I never felt any fear, just the like unholy fear, just the fear of watching a human-shaped trespasser walk through my room. Basically, nothing like overwhelming, like the, sign, the kind right. of sense of dread that people who encounter like the malevolent ones describe. This is red-eyed shadows. These are entities that are always negative and stare at experiencers with blazing red eyes. Victims often say they feel this creature feeds on their fear. Hooded shadows, also called the hooded monk. Uh, this there's a whole I actually didn't end up going into it because I went down a different rabbit hole that you'll hear about soon. Oh, nice. But um, uh, the hooded monk, there is a if you want to do research on uh, sightings of like hooded monk spirits, that is a whole genre of sightings. But dressed as an ancient monk, people who encounter these shadow people feel a deep rage bubbling from beneath the hood. It's a very dark and interesting wow, kind of description. Wow, that's fascinating. This is like such a tangent, and I apologize, no, but um, like a niche thing that I've always sort of thought about from time to time that makes me like deeply happy is, um, you know, there's this whole thing of like ghosts wearing whatever they were wearing when they died. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always thought like, what if somebody died at a costume party or like in the middle of a play and they were like dressed from like some drastically different time period. And everybody's <gasps> like, there's this Victorian lady haunting my house. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm like 12. I'm yeah. from, you know... I'm from 12 years ago. I have to think, what's up, dude? Stubular, yeah. but... I like that. That's very interesting. I actually do like that idea. So I like the idea that just like a very angry guy who was in a monk costume. hmm Or like he was like a modern monk, because they do still have them. They do. Or, or, unless... Unless... It was a Star Wars cosplayer. <laughs> Very nice. Anyway, I do. It's there was a, that was a fun timing for the tangent because the next thing, and this is just a little a little amuse bouche. I will delve more into this subject in a little bit, but it's the, a tantalizing. Taste yes, of a little taste what's of come. what's to come. An appetizer to to uh, entice the palate. Anyway, I don't know what this voice is, but actually, this might be the part where some of you listening who are familiar with shadow people in general are going to be getting excited, and uh, that is introducing the kind of other category is not even the right word because it's one specific entity that appears over and over and over again to a lot of different people, and that is, I don't know if you've heard of, the Hat Man. I know nothing about the Hat Man. Okay, the Hat Man is fascinating. I wear a lot of hats. Should I be scared? No. Okay. Um, This entity is the most curious. Dressed in a fedora. That's not the scary Uh, part. Are you sure? (laughs) I mean, it's pretty scary. Actually, it's trilbies that most people have a problem with. um, And sometimes appearing to wear an old-time business suit. The hat man appears to people in cultures across the planet. Uh, Before I go go on into some of these actual sightings that are on the Mysterious Universe entry, I will just say a little bit more about the hat man. The thing that captivated me about the hat man to begin with is that... This is a figure that people have drawn who suffer from sleep paralysis, who've spotted mm-hmm. this figure in the dark, who don't suffer, supposedly don't suffer from, from sleep paralysis, etc. 
who don't, hundreds of people from all over the world have drawn renderings of this particular silhouette Ooh. that they have supposedly seen. This shadow person, I know. And it, and I actually used to be, I used to be a lot more afraid of the hat man than That's I am. That's because he's Randall Flagg. He's the walking dude. I actually do. It, it felt, it feels, I actually thought you would say that. It feels it's, very Yeah, it's straight up. It, this is the end of the stand. Yes. It feels very much, uh, it's very much he who walks behind the rose. Or between the rows, I always get it mm-hmm. wrong. I don't remember which one it is. I haven't seen Children of the Corn in a long time. But I haven't actually read it. Mm, sorry, I don't have time <laughs> to read all the books in the world, Alex. I'm reading about the hat man. <laughs> so, Brad Steiger, author of Shadow World, has studied the paranormal for more than 50 years and agrees there are many possible explanations for shadow people. That's dope as hell, Brad. Good for you. Brad's cool as shit. 50 years? Heck. I would say that experiencers are seeing all of the above and giving it them the name of shadow people. Like, they can be demonic entities, ghosts, interdimensional travelers, or other denizens of the dark realm we call the unknown. Very nice. I wasn't aware we were calling the dark realm that, but that's fine. Yeah, I I wasn't either. I would like to tell you about a a story of a a 12-year-old named Doug. Tell me the story of the 12-year-old named Doug. All right. A gray sheet of clouds stretched across the sky as 12-year-old Doug ran to the corner store. It was overcast, but not raining, and in the middle of the afternoon, Doug said. This was a story related by Doug as an adult, by the way. This wasn't just like a (laughs) made-up child. I was going to say, you're straight up just reading a a Stephen King short story now. That's what this sounds like. a man named Doug. Small kid going to the corner store, something real bad's about to happen. The Mm. day was shadowless, and decades later... (laughs) Who was it, Doug? Was it really... That was intense. And that actually startled me really bad. And decades later, he still doesn't know what he saw on his way home from the store, arms laden with food. At first, he thought it was a friend. As I approached the corner to turn on As we all do when we talk about a new I saw something sticking beyond the bushes in the front of my house, Doug said. I yelled, Andre, and started running toward my driveway where the bushes are. He thought it was his friend, Andre. (laughs) That's what I yelled to everyone I think might be a friend. Andre's just a friend. Andre? Andre? The dark figure wasn't his friend, Andre. Oh, no. A man-shaped shadow grew from behind the bushes in this quiet afternoon and began running toward Doug's house. After a few steps, I saw the shadow running back. Running down my driveway toward the backyard, he said. I ran up the driveway to the gate that leads to my backyard. I couldn't believe my eyes. Doug stood at the gate as the black shadow in the shape of a man ran across his yard and disappeared through a fence. I was shocked, he said. I couldn't stop thinking about it. This thing, what could it be? Why was it black when most stereotypical stories said ghosts were white? Could this be demonic? Could it be like me, just a person? What did Doug see? A ghost? A demon? A dimensional traveler? Or was it all in his mind? That's well, it. it sure wasn't Andre. No, it wasn't Andre. Can you imagine how confusing that would be for the shadow person, though, if their name was also Andre? They're just, like, chilling, and they're like, oh, I'm going to spook this kid, and then the kid's like, Andre? And he's like, whoa, What? <laughs> Side note, I'm just imagining that it was This kid is psychic. I gotta get out of here. (laughs) I'm just imagining it's not actually a shadow person. It was just like a a burglar in like a black morph suit. It does say that the shadow grew out of the bush. So like maybe he was crouching down. That's what I'm saying. I think there was literally just a burglar in a black morph suit who saw that the kid was coming back to the house he was going to burgle and decided to get out of there. And his name was Andre. And his name was Andre. And he went, oh man, I gotta go. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about uh, sleep paralysis while on this page. Uh, one of the explanations of shadow people is related to the science of it. So this comes from also on mysteriousuniverse.org, by the way. I'm still under the same kind Mm -hmm. of blog post. From April Haberian, 
a psychology professor at Northwest Missouri State University, said that most shadow people encounters are probably the product of dreams. When people sleep and enter the REM phase, it's which is rapid eye movement, if you don't know, it's like one of the deepest it's levels of sleep. It's very common for them to see for them to see things, she said. The fear, the paralysis, and the entities are normal. There are hormones in REM sleep that paralyze the major muscle groups, and it's called paradoxical sleep. Although this happens during REM, people with sleep paralysis don't stay asleep and the hormones are still in their bodies. It can last up to eight minutes and they can feel pressure on their chest and they can see things. When the experiencer becomes fully awake, the shadow person encounter is over and all that's left is the sense of fear and the anxiety Mm -hmm. of what they've just encountered. Now, that doesn't really apply to people who saw shadow people in broad daylight walking around while awake, going throughout their days. So it doesn't necessarily... Explain, chemist Rick Toomey says that anything that throws off the chemical balance of the brain can cause all sorts of problems. All sensation is in the nervous system, and it's all chemistry, he said. If every neurotransmitter is chemistry, you can wreak havoc with that. So he's saying it can be other imbalances, other things. Every single one of your emotions is just particles zooming around. It's true. It's bizarre. It's really weird. Now, of course, this thing right here, the, this blog post continues to say, however, many encounter shadow people in full consciousness and full daylight, removing the logical scientific answers and leaving something terrible. Oh, I love that. And there also are people who believe it to be um, have religious explanations as well. Uh, one last possible explanation of shadow people from this article comes from Bishop James Long, who's a pastor at St. Christopher Old Catholic Church in Louisville, Kentucky, and has studied demonology for years, which is mm-hmm. really wild to think about. Uh, he believes shadow people to be something evil. He says, shadow people must be taken seriously and they can be quite dangerous. When a human spirit tries to manifest itself, its form is black or otherwise known as a shadow. It is energy trying to manifest itself so that it can appear to have the physical characteristics it had when living on Earth. So he thinks that the ones that are benevolent are, or or not benevolent, benign are people. And then he says also that shadows that attack are demonic in nature and should be avoided at all times. This reminds me of um, just when you said religious explanation and then my brain sort of like made some connections. There's... And this is a, a bit of a tangent, so I apologize. That's but okay. one of my favorite art museums in the world is the American Visionary Art Museum in Baltimore. Have you ever been? I have not. I'm obsessed with it. So visionary art is categorized as art made by people who are not career artists. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's people who have never had formal training in art, but some life experience or some sort of reaction to something has caused them to create with what they have around them yeah. and leads to these really fascinating things. So sometimes it's... Like, historically, uh, sometimes it comes from, like, people in asylums who create things. Or sometimes in more modern times, it's people with specific um, intellectual or learning disabilities who create something. Sometimes it's just non-traditional art. Like, they had an exhibit there one time when I went, which was a woman who uh, was recounting her experiences being a Polish woman during the Holocaust. But it was all on these, like, embroidered pillowcases. Oh, wow. So, like, it was just scenes upon scenes embroidered on pillowcases, just non-traditional art. Um, and it's really, really cool. Sometimes it's just people who create art with weird stuff. There was one exhibit one time that was this woman who was a neuroscientist who found out she had brain cancer. And so like her reaction to that was to start creating these like paintings that she'd never painted before in her life, but she started creating these paintings that were very reminiscent of like um, x-ray imagery and like that sort of imaging and like CAT scans. And it was really interesting. But anyway, there's this one piece of art there that is a permanent installation that I just find myself staring at for like five minutes every time I go there. It's beautiful. And it's a, a sculpture, a statue of Lilith. Do you know anything about Lilith? I do. 
So basically, if you don't know anything about Lilith, um, it's an old Jewish myth. And I think I've seen this statue, by the way. It's but yes, stunning. It's beautiful. Um, and in person, it's like it's piercing. It's it's paralyzing, actually, is the word I would use for it. Um, but Lilith was the first wife of Adam in Jewish mythology or, or religious texts or what have you. I, I'm not a Jewish scholar, but it's my understanding that this comes from like those texts. And uh, basically, she was the first wife of Adam, and she was kicked out of the Garden of Eden for not being subservient. And that's when she was replaced with Eve, uh, which is where like modern Christianity sort of picks up and takes that myth. But Lilith is a really interesting figure because she's been taken by a lot of people in history as like this reclaimed figure of sort of, you know, uh, independence and, and forward thinking and like standing up for yourself and being your own person. But she was like pretty heavily demonized in those old texts. Mm-hmm. But there is a sculpture of Lilith at the American Visionary Art Museum that is just like wild. Um, and it's I don't know how to describe it other than to say she's sort of Spider-Man posed where she's like climbing down the wall toward you and her face is looking up and she has these piercing white eyes that just stare out at you. But the rest of her is all this singular, like, dark bronze burnished color. Um, and she looks like what I imagine a shadow person would look like. She's all just like this one, like, dark mm-hmm. blackish sort of color with, like, these piercing eyes. I would recommend people look up this particular sculpture. I've seen pictures. I've not seen it in person. I've not been lucky enough, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah, it's about. Yeah, we should go sometime. It's really, really Please. cool. It's a neat museum. I want to hop over uh, back onto Shadow People. I want to hop over to Ranker.com, which has a couple other sort of theories and explanations about Shadow People. And All that I having think, been said, I also hope that Shadow People do not just start clambering the walls like Spider-Man, because that is the only thing I think that can make them more terrifying. My entire body just, like, curled in on itself. <laughs> there is actually a piece of, like, viral footage that's definitely been manipulated, I think. But a lot of people, if you're listening, you might know what I'm talking about. There's a piece of viral footage on YouTube of, like, a Shadow person type figure with really long limbs climbing up the wall of a building oh, God. In like I think Indonesia it I might have the country wrong but if you've seen it you know what I'm talking about I don't remember what the video is called it came across my dashboard back when I used to use Tumblr to look at horror stuff and it scared the pants off me um, and that's where the Fresno Nightcrawler came from yep thanks my for pants. coming to my TED talk so some people believe that shadow people are aliens mm-hmm. our little alien friends alien. Author and self-proclaimed shadow people expert Heidi Hollis, who I mentioned earlier, (laughs) mentions that shadow people are alien beings in her book, The Secret War. More specifically, she believes our old friend that I mentioned before, the man in the hat or the hat man. He's got a couple different ways people refer to him to be an extraterrestrial. Some believe the figure's hat could be a form of disguise to cover up an unusually shaped head that could be alien in appearance. Wait, I love him. <laughs> this is what humans wear. Please don't love the, sh- the hat man, please. Um, or I'm an is- undercover boy. Theorists believe the man in the hat may belong to an alien species known as the greys. Yep. And you know greys. Well, mm-hmm. t- I'll do an episode on them sometime. But they're what pe- most people imagine when they think of an alien. It's the gray skin, the big eyes, the kind of... Um, like broad forehead, Protruding narrow chin. Forehead, yeah, yeah, exactly. Others believe they're interdimensional beings. Natalia Kuna, a psychic medium, describes shadow people as conscious, intelligent, interdimensional beings. She writes, they're often able to dematerialize very quickly and shapeshift into other forms, such as the figure of a cat, dog, oh. rodent, oddly shaped spider. Wait. Okay, no, I'm sorry. Insect, Keep going. Or other creature or shape. That's it. Okay, Before so. Before I go to the next part. No, wait. Um, mm. Mm. They can be rats. Yeah. Do you have an Edgar Allan Poe story or question for me? I think I've seen some. Wait, actually? So straight up, when I was a kid, okay, 
Um, there would be t- this happened specifically whenever I like fell asleep in our family room, like in our den. It did not happen usually in my room, but sometimes I would fall asleep and wake up in the early hours of the morning or like middle of the night. I again, I've sort of been an insomniac for most of my life, but there were times when I would wake up and it would be like in the pre-dawn light when you couldn't really see things clearly, and I would swear to God, I would see like these shadowy rats scurrying across the room. I would just be like one at a time, like occasionally, um, but never like, and I I wouldn't say that I was like paralyzed. It wasn't sleep paralysis. I I didn't want to move, but that wasn't because I think I was physically stopped. It was more of a psychological thing. But yeah, I definitely like have a vivid memory of having that happen. Like it's kind of a recurring thing. Oh, man. Oh, it freaked me the hell out as a kid. Alex. I was like, what? <laughs> but I never really thought, like, I couldn't ever tell if they were real or not. I, I assumed always that it was like, oh, I was half asleep still. Like, I was dreaming. Even as a kid, I kind of rationalized it away. But mm-hmm. that's definitely, like, a vivid and nonspecific memory I have. And I didn't have any reason to believe there were rats in our house. Like, right. we didn't have a house where rats would be running around. And these were, like, big. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So... Unexpected additional sighting. Yeah, I'm sorry, Alex guys. Again, our very own. Well, weird. That is weird. Interesting. Yeah, you were talking about it earlier, and I was like, "Oh, I've never seen people." Like that's not a shadow people thing, but I did like start to remember it, and then you said they could be rodents, and I just like, sort of lost it. Yeah, I've never actually, and I'm to see. This is it. This is becoming the. This is. I'm having a. I'm going back to the Skinwalker episode because I was just about to say I've never seen a shadow person. And as I said, the, was going to say those words, I became gripped with fear that me saying that was going to mean oh, that no. it was going to happen. And I know that part of that's like a weird anxiety, magical thinking thing. But also part of me thinks that they're hearing that and they're going to just think. Yeah, law of averages. If I've already seen one, like, I don't think they're going to go for you. They've already got one of okay, us. Okay, I did. But I did used to have a really weird um, thing just a little quick sidebar before I keep going. I did used to have a weird thing. I never saw a shadowy figure, but I did used to, um, in my old house when I was like six or so, when my room was like at night, like not dark, dark, like asleep dark, but like, uh, like night light on, like reading light on. I used to, sometimes I would read out loud to myself cause I was a weird and lonely child. Uh, and I would sometimes hear something go like, shh. Oh yeah. Really spooked me. Didn't like it. Really Side note, if anyone else has seen Shadow Rats, I do want you to tweet at me. Like, I need to know that I'm not alone. Well, clearly you're not alone because this person said that Shadow Rats are a thing. I know, but I'm just like kind of – it's more of like an imposter syndrome thing where it's like I need to remind myself that like I'm not making this up retroactively. No, like, not. I have actually seen these things. No, you saw the Shadow Rats. I believe you. Your Shadow Rats are valid. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> One more thing from this Ranker article is that is ancient cultures believed in shadow people. Mythology of shadow people dates back to early 600 BCE. Ancient Egyptians believed in shadow people and called them the Kailbut. I think that's how you say it. K-H-A-I-L-B-U-T. Romans believed, yeah. Romans believed that uh, there were shadow people that came out from the underworld, and Greeks did as well, which makes sense. There's a lot of crossover in those mythologies. And Greeks thought that shadow people were, as I mentioned before, literal shadows of deceased mm-hmm. people. They were shadows of themselves um, that had come back like onto earth trying to regain their human life which sort of makes sense if you consider like the greco-roman view of hades as like a very reachable physical place people could go yeah like instead of this sort of esoteric view that we have in sort of modern western society of like heaven and hell as these esoteric places like in varying planes for Mm -hmm. lack of a better word but like in greco-roman mythology it was very much like a physical location like there are stories of 
Hercules or others just straight up walking into hell. Yeah, exactly. And so it makes sense that there would be, like, fragments of these people that would try to physically come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, that's the whole myth of Orpheus, is he walks yeah, there. Exactly. He walks to hell to get his wife. Um, so I would like to now hop over to, and I kept giving little little tasting plates about him, but I'd like to talk about the hat man. The man with the hat, the man in the hat. Is he the Babadook? Everybody's waiting for the man with the hat. What? Is the hat man the Babadook? I feel like he was 100% inspired by the hat it man. He has to have been, right? Because that's like, when I think of... When I think of spooky people with hats. It's a different silhouette, though. It's a different hat. It's a different hat. It's a different silhouette in in general, actually. Because I think you're assuming that the hat man looks a lot creepier on his own than he does. He doesn't look Uh, like... No, I'm just sort of thinking he looks like a a noir silhouette. I'm thinking he looks like every shot of somebody in, like, City of Angels. I was absolutely just going to say, you know, the question from the Marvel Universe, or not the Marvel Universe, the DC Universe? Mm -hmm. Um, Just the silhouette of that. Well, do you literally know the shadow? Oh, yeah. He's the shadow. He's the shadow. But a little a little spookier than that. Um, so this is a Dana Matthews. I mean, the shadow is pretty spooky. It's true. This is by Dana Matthews on uh, from August of 2016. And this is a piece entitled, Investigating the Link Between the Shadow Man Phenomena and the Terrifying Hat Man Visitations. Mm-hmm. So, if the countless online accounts of paranormal investigations has taught us anything, it's that there's no shortage of terrifying supernatural entities to fear. With the internet's recent obsession with black-eyed kid encounters mm-hmm. and shadow people nice visitations, callbacks. you might not notice another phenomenon that's quickly becoming part of the paranormal pop culture consciousness. The Hat Man. Shadow men weren't really thrown into the paranormal spotlight until 2001, and that was thanks to Art Bell, as I mentioned before, on Coast to Coast. So your mom was ahead of the curve here. She was, although we didn't hear about it in 2001. She must have heard a rerun. But still, pretty ahead of the but curve. still. That she got it from Coast to Coast and not from the internet, which is where it kind of went after that. So, over the years, there's been plenty of debate about whether or not the shadow people are good or evil. There's a lot of talk about um, Amy Allen of Dead Files. She's a, me- a medium, has said that she believes they're interdimensional entities that are evil. Other people have said that they're neutral. But that has led to discussion of the shadow people has led to discussion of the hat man phenomenon. So, the hat man appears much in the same way the shadow people do. But unlike the phenomenon made popular by Art Bell and Thunderstrikes, the hat man encounters bear a few striking differences that set them apart. When he appears, often during the night, the hat man is always seen wearing a wide-brimmed hat, and though most people are unable to make out any distinct facial features, he is usually described as a solid black mass. Witnesses are often unable to describe the hat man's lower body, as if he floats silently above the ground. This is from Tim Brown from the Hatman Project, which you should look up, not to be confused with the Man- Manhattan Project. Uh, <laughs> the Hatman Project uh, chronicles uh, sightings. Uh, it's I, there's also a website that chronicles specifically shadow people sightings, but thehatmanproject.com if you want to read more about the Hatman, because I don't have time to go into it as much as I would like to. But from Tim Brown, he says, "I saw a tall, human-like figure." And the figure looked like that of a man. He had no distinguishable features whatsoever. I could see no eyes, no nose or mouth, only blackness. He looked like a shadow, only darker, much darker. He had a very wide-brimmed hat and a long trench coat that flowed as he moved. He stood there for what seemed like an eternity. He then moved very slowly and without sound back into the hallway just out of view. He sounds perfect. Alex. He's tall. He's a sharp dresser. He's quiet, good I don't think, listener, he's I, patient. I don't think that's what tall, dark, and handsome is meant to mean. 
The phenomenon seems to center around basements, and according to experiencers, appears to manifest in situations of intense negativity and family dysfunction. In fact, many times if one person in a household has started experiencing visits from the hat man, it's guaranteed that another family member will begin seeing him soon after. Now, these specific qualities that you're pointing out, are these also associated with shadow people or just the hat man? Not necessarily. Shadow people are more associated with people who are close to death, like hospitals. Okay. Um, whereas the hat man seems to more just be emotional distress. Well, it's just interesting because you said, like, basements and you said, like, family dysfunction and, like, this and that and the other thing. And I was like, holy cow, like, these shadow rats. But if that's, like, more of a hat man thing. But I'm not saying... I was that, not dying as a child, But if they're so. from the same species, that might... Yeah, or if it's they're interesting. For, if they're the same sort of entity, there could be crossover there. It's more just that shadow people tend to be more associated with hospitals mm-hmm. and yeah, totally. places where people are dying. But that's not to say there isn't crossover. Many who report experiences with the hat man believe that the entity has been present with them since their childhoods. I, myself, this is the writer of the, mm-hmm. of the article, have a very vivid memory of a run-in with something I can only describe as the hat man. As far as my memories go, I would always spot him in the same long hallway in my basement, usually paying me no mind whatsoever. I continued to have these harmless encounters for a year before he disappeared altogether. At first glance, it's easy to want to clump the hat man into the same category as shadow people, but once you do enough searching, you quickly discover just how many people are having their own truly unique experiences with the strange entity, to the point that there's no doubt the hat man is a separate phenomena. Thanks to the internet age, Stories about people's paranormal experiences get passed around like wildfire, and it's easy to pass them off as hoaxes or exaggerations. But I think many of us would agree that there has to be something strange happening if thousands of people are experiencing the same thing. We don't know exactly who the hat man is or what he wants, but one thing is for certain. If you see him, you might want to start examining your relationships with the people in your house. Hmm. Part of me wonders, reading that aspect of the hat man, if he's more like a banshee than anything else. I like, don't know. It does sound like a Babadook thing, though. I think, actually, the more when you bring up the family dysfunction, it does start to sound like the Babadook. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you? I don't know if you've actually if you've seen the film. I haven't. No, I'm familiar with it. I, sometimes with films that like, I really want to see, but I haven't gotten around to it, I'll just like straight up read the synopsis on IMDb. So, like. um, the Babadook, and this is not a spoiler, this is the concept of the film, right. is a movie about sort of a monster that is the physical manifestation of grief, mental illness, dysfunction, and, like, pain within this household. And it does look, most of the, for most of the film, like the silhouette of... It's not humanoid, though. That's the only difference with the Babadook. It's way more, like, animal-looking. Like, way more almost like a, like a bat. It's like a crude sort open. of approximation of a person. It's like what yeah. a child might draw. Yes, with a big top hat and a cape. And that's what the Babadook looks like. And... That article didn't go into specifically the detail of the hat man that used to scare me so badly when I was younger. But uh, what part of how the hat man sort of came up and came into people's uh, conversations is that people were talking about seeing a specific figure since childhood. And then people started and this happened on like Reddit forums. And I remember this phenomenon when it was mm-hmm. getting started. People would post like a drawing that mm-hmm. they had done as a child and be like, this is oh, this wow. thing I saw. And someone would be like, oh, my God that's like this is what i like mm-hmm. this is what i've seen in someone else like and and yes i'm sure some of those people were exaggerating but the idea of like kind of something that lives in the cultural consciousness like the, that like shared experience it's like what yeah. we were talking about last episode or it might have been no, a couple episodes before then in the nopa Rabo episode yeah exactly like, something that is universally a source of fear mm-hmm. and what that says like what's going on with that why is that in our cultural consciousness why have so many people seen the man with the hat what is yeah, that that's really interesting and that's just a little kind of offshoot of shadow people well, something that that's fascinating with. to me and it's like it's not something I'll spend a lot of time talking about because we're close to the episode and I don't want to mm-hmm. like you know, for sure steal your flavor but uh, it's interesting to me that it's profound in like kids 
in sort of not broken homes, but like homes where there's a lot of emotional distress um, and just talking about like shared cultural images of things that would be intimidating. I mean, like standard image of like guy in a business coat and a hat is like pretty stereotypical like father imagery right yeah like in a very stereotypical way especially from the time that a lot of people who are adults now reporting these sightings would have been kids seeing this thing and so it makes sense to me that like when you're a kid if you have something to be afraid of that like those are immediate hallmarks of like an authority figure that will sort of resonate with you as like intimidating or frightening or associations of like negative emotions absolutely that's very true it's 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 one of those it's an interesting thing. It's sort of like uh it actually takes me back a little bit to the black guy kids thing. It's it's images that would be troubling in like regular people, like erratic behavior and like children alone mm-hmm. without an adult and things like that. And right. it is just putting them in a context that makes it more frightening somehow. Like it's 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 a situation that's already frightening. A strange adult man in your house is already a frightening thing. Oh yeah. And I mean I think most people who have and not to get like super dark, but I think most people who have grown up in physically or emotionally abusive households can tell you that the spookiest thing is like when that authority figure is silent. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Absolutely. And so there's something to be said for the crossover there, particularly the fact that this is an entity that manifests from a very young age for a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. And also, not to like go completely on a ghost tangent, but a lot of the things that are, are present in households where the hat man or the man with the hat or however you want to describe him appears are very similar to uh, environments where poltergeists show up, mm, okay. which is very interesting to me. I'm just I'm not saying that emotional distress is like a is like a lighthouse for supernatural right. entities, but I am saying there is a lot of crossover there, and I think it's interesting. Before we end the episode, I want to share just a couple encounters from the place where I first found out about shadow people: oh. Reddit.com/r/paranormal, and this comes from a thread where Infectious Label asked everyone to share their experiences with shadow people. So a couple of choice experiences that I wanted to share. Now, I'm not going to read this whole one, mm-hmm. uh, but this is from Bastard of the North 89. And this, basically, there's a lot of he exposition at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. There's a lot of exposition at the beginning, but so I'll just get to the sighting itself. Basically, talked about being a child... Um, out, or not a child, but like a teen, um, walking outside around one in the morning to smoke so that his parents wouldn't yell at him, mm-hmm. um, going out to this area with a basketball court by his house late at night. After a little bit of smoking, it says, I look a bit to my left and about 20 yards away under a streetlight are two very tall shapes. They're standing perfectly still with no discernible features. And they were black, not like a shadow of a person or a morph suit, but Vanta black, like that. Mm-hmm. They are sucking the light and warmth out of the air. They're alien cops. And they caught you smoking, kid. I know they're staring at me, and I could feel it. I could feel hate, the absolute certainty that if they were to come any closer, my life would more than likely never be right again. Oh, wow. Now, it takes quite a bit to make me afraid. What went through me was pure primal fear. I've seen ghosts by the dozen, and I've never been afraid. This was like staring the devil in the face and feeling the pure, unadulterated hatred radiating off of him. It took me 10 minutes of just being frozen in fear before I could stand up and book it out of there. And all the time I had my eyes on them, there was no movement of any kind, no sound, no indication that they were alive. I've not seen that since, but it got me looking up shadow people and the like. I guess, according to people with more experience and knowledge, they weren't shadow people. 
Apparently, to their hot, due to their height and the darkness they were made of and the feelings they got from them, they were demonic in origin. So that's my story. See, there's a lot of crossover there. And I personally like that one because it brings up the thing I talk about all the time, and that is alien encounters. They were space cops who hate teen drug use. They were space cops that hate teen drug use. You're right. Pure, unadulterated hate. You better put that cigarette out, kid. Put it out. Or we'll put it out for you forever. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Um, so this is one that I found fascinating and a little bit jarring, and I almost hope this I almost hope this one isn't true just because it spooks me out oh, a little no. bit. No, actually, like, it's not like anything. Like It's just a little creepy. It just reminds me of a, the thing I'm afraid of. Uh, this person says, I used to see the hat man frequently when I was a child. It always happened when I was alone and in the same spot in my house. By the time I got to middle school, it stopped, and I never saw him again. When my son was around four years old, he told me he sees a man with a hat sometimes. Mm. I told him I used to see him, too, and it made him feel better. He never mentioned it again. Now he's 11, and he saw the hat man a few nights ago when he stayed up late by himself. He didn't remember telling me about it when he was younger, and he's a little freaked out. Not sure what it means or if I should do anything. What could I do anyway? It's just weird. Yikes. That scares me. I don't love that. That scares me. That reminds me, like, that is Stephen King. Yeah, that is very much. That is Stephen King. And then there's a lot of other people, like, you can really fall down a deep, deep rabbit hole with this. I would imagine um, so, There's yeah. so many encounters with shadow people and, and the man with the hat and people who consider them to be one and the same all across the internet. Yeah. If you're really curious, I didn't even have time to go into some stuff from this, and that's okay because I have so much stuff. It's a really solid primer, though, yeah. But um, there is, if you want to dive into just an extremely big archive of stories, shadowpeople.org. I will at least just tell you what this website is. It is a site for people to share their stories. It is the official Shadow People Archives, uh, and it has actually advice for coping if you are tormented by seeing shadow people a lot in your life. It also has longer stories, short stories, a discussion forum, and stories that fall more under the ghost story sighting category. Mm -hmm. And I was reading that for, like, hours earlier today, but I just didn't have time to pull all the sightings I wanted to, but... Uh, I might do another Shadow People episode sometime in the future if I get more information enough to form another episode. Yeah, there's a lot. Because I'm fascinated and there's so much. I just, this is just, consider it a basic kind of Shadow People 101. Totally. And welcome to one of my biggest fears since I was about 14. And it's a fear of a thing I've never encountered. It's just the thing of like, I am terrified I will see this. And if I do, I don't know what I'll do. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know what I would do if I saw the hat man. I will tell you that that my 10th grade English teacher had a print of that painting. Do you know the painting with the apple in front of the man's, the yep. faceless man's face? Yep. And I was terrified of it. Oh. Oh, that was so creepy. Then, yeah, the hat man would be real bad for you. <laughs> well, I was terrified of it partially because of the hat man, yeah, but yes. Anyway, also recommend that documentary, The Nightmare. Again, take it with a grain of salt, but it is very interesting if you want kind of a perspective, a little bit more stuff on shadow people, a little bit about the hat man. It's, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool little Good documentary. Good to know. It's a spooky documentary to watch on, like, a chilly autumn night with a mug of hot cider and a cat on your lap. Choice aesthetic. That's what I did. Love it. <laughs> okay, so you're directly from experience. Oh, here. absolutely. Cool. So that's the end of Shadow yeah, People for well, now. Yeah, well, thank you guys again, as always, so much for tuning in and for sticking with us over the past year. It's been a really fun ride, and we hope to... I'm not going to say that. That's your line. Thank we you. hope that you'll keep listening and learning with us and exploring that dark realm we call the unknown. 
plagiarism. You're just an I was just saying, you're just an IP thief today, huh? I am. I'm just I'm just trying to up our our search engine optimization. I'm trying to hit as many of those buzzwords as I can. Stealing IP like you stole my heart. Aww. Aww. Happy anniversary. Happy podversary. Happy podversary. Are you ready for island time? I am ready for island time. So I right. so we're going to do do that. <laughs> thank you so much to our sponsors this week, the Alexandria Archives, good friends of the show and also, you know, excellent supporters through this past year. So thank you guys so much for all of your, uh, you know, mm-hmm. sponsorships and your emotional support and yes. your giving us opportunities and networking and ways to keep getting better. And to paraphrase the little uh, thank you at the end of the Arthur episodes I would watch growing up, this episode is made possible in part thanks to listeners like you. Oh, there it is. So as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. <laughs>